Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to a Share Radio podcast. A pension crisis. It's horrendous. Threatening with debt collectors and the bubble that's going to cause financial havoc. Let's talk about the speed with which we are watching this market deteriorate. What in the world is happening on Wall Street? The down traders are standing there watching in amazement. I don't blame them. Episode 15 of Managing My Money with me, Glenn Goodman. And me, Annie Weston. Episode 15, Glenn. I know. Can you believe it? Shocker. We're almost at the end of this 16-part Open University course slash radio series. And we're within spitting distance of completing the final test to unlock the secret vault containing the priceless Statement of Participation Certificate from the Open <gasps> University. I know, it's so exciting. It's like Raiders of the Lost Ark and Indiana Jones. What is the final hurdle before I get my greasy mitts on that certificate? Oh, I can see you can't mm, wait. Just mitts. one last task for you to perform. <gasps> it's insurance. I quit. Oh, come on. Oh, sorry, Glenn. Look, everyone's got their limits. And insurance is mine. is too dull. I can't hack it. Well, if I can't entice you, can I possibly terrify you into paying attention instead? Yeah, possibly. Things don't only get better. They can get worse too. I remember. Car breaks down. Roof falls in. A man from the Ukraine steals your chip and fizz. Don't only get better. Let's let's get this done. Let's get insurance over and done with. What do we need to know? So you are convinced then? I've terrified you into sitting here for half an hour and listening to me drone on about insurance. Yes, you have. Good. Now, insurance is basically protection against things going wrong. It's about passing risk from yourself to the insurer by taking out what's known as an insurance policy. Thanks for explaining that. No problem. Now, the insurance policy specifies the things that you're protecting yourself against. You pay them an insurance premium, typically once a month or once a year. Now, this is my issue with insurance, because you can get insurance for a whole variety of things. And isn't it really just playing on people's fears and also that tragedy is going to strike them at any second, so they better part with their money each month or else? So you're saying that it kind of makes people irrational because it terrifies them into buying something that they don't necessarily need? Yeah. You know, I've got to admit, there is a germ of truth in what you're saying here, that sometimes that can be the case. There are some unscrupulous operators <laughs> out there trying to persuade you to yeah. buy policies you don't necessarily need. But 
In general, there is a rational purpose to insurance, and that purpose is the pooling of risk. The idea is that when bad luck strikes, if you're selling insurance policies to a lot of different people,、mm. then they're all effectively taking a share in each other's risk. So if one person out of several hundred has the bad thing happen to them, then everybody else kind of helps to compensate them through the insurance premiums that they're all paying, and obviously the insurance company takes its own cut as well. Well, so it's just like one big happy family looking out for one another's misery. Yeah, and the, that would make the insurance company the daddy. It would. Who's the daddy? The insurance company. So, what are the most popular types of insurance then? Well, car insurance is one of the biggies, basically because it's the law. You've got to have car insurance if you've got a car, so everybody has to have it. Yeah, about that. You got to have it. I mean, why am I forced to pay an insurer for something? Why can't I decide if I want to take the risk or not? What if you crashed your car into someone and they received life-changing injuries, which resulted in decades of expensive medical treatment and home care plus loss of earnings, and all of this runs into millions of pounds? If you didn't have insurance, you'd have to pay that bill yourself. I haven't got that kind of money, Glen. Exactly.、Mm. So the poor crash victim wouldn't get their compensation because you wouldn't be able to pay them, and that's not really fair. So they made car insurance compulsory so that that doesn't happen. Okay, so you've made that pretty crystal clear. I need car insurance then. What about other things then, like travel insurance? Well, let's say you go on a skiing holiday. Oh, lovely! And ski straight into a tree. Oh. You have to be winched off a mountain and transferred to a Swiss hospital for weeks of treatment. You're on the hook for a hundred grand right there. But I don't. I haven't got that kind of money. Last time I went to Switzerland, I had to cook frankfurters in a travel kettle in the hotel because it was so expensive. And that's without even breaking any of your limbs. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, fine. I get the point. So I need travel insurance. What about other things like home contents insurance? Well, let's just say there's a plague of frogs. Plague of frogs. It happened in ancient Egypt. It can happen to you. The frogs are falling from the sky. They smash through your roof and they explode all over your expensive flat-screen TV. I'm definitely going to need insurance for that. You certainly are. So, how do these insurance companies know how much to charge someone for insurance? Well, they're very scientific about it these days. Have you heard of actuaries? No, and that's something you keep birds in. <laughs> these are people. Uh, some people compare them to accountants, but actually, what they do is is a lot more sophisticated, even than the most sophisticated accountant. They look at probabilities. They gather together all the information that they can on what causes accidents, how accidents happen, what kind of people are more likely to have bad things happen to them than other、hmm. people, and they gather all this information together and then work out. How much to charge each person based on their particular circumstances, which is why you get asked so many questions about your lifestyle when you sign up for any kind of insurance. So you have some kind of scientific basis then to how much you're paying. Exactly, and the less risk that is attached to your way of living, generally, the less you will pay. Ah,、oh, okay. Anyway, we'll get onto more of that when we look at individual types of insurance, and we can work out what are the factors that are more or less likely to make you pay a lot of money for your insurance. Cool. Now, if you want to get a good deal on your insurance, whatever type of insurance that might be, one way of doing this might be to employ our feathered friend, the financial planning model. <laughs> it's a financial model, and it's looking good. It will help you spend and save more, like you should. Stage one is assess. Assess the situation, and in the case of, say, home contents insurance, okay, yeah, you would look at the value of your possessions. 
you would add them up and you would also look at how much you can afford to pay. So those assessments would inform your choice in stage two. Decide. That's right. It's time to decide. So you look at a comparison website, perhaps, to Mm -hmm. compare prices and not just prices, but also the level of cover and exclusions. Remember that some policies have got clever little ways of excluding things you really want to be insured for. Tricky. And you could get caught out if you don't know about those exclusions in advance. Don't want that. For example, if you took out a home contents insurance that excluded cover of your home contents. (laughs) Yeah. That would be unfortunate. Really, really unfortunate. You could also go to an insurance broker who is an expert in comparing different policies and can make sure that you make a good decision, though obviously you'll probably end up paying the money or perhaps they'll get some commission from the companies. A financial advisor would deal with more complex policies like health insurance Mm -hmm. that you really need to know quite a lot about before you sign up. So you may want to use one of these intermediaries or, of course, in these days of the internet, it's a lot easier than it used to be to compare different policies. Log on. And stage three. Act. That's right. Act. Pay your premium. You've done your research. You've compared your websites. Get your checkbook out. No, you probably don't have a checkbook anymore. No, nobody has checks. (laughs) Get your credit card out. And stage four. Review. So you've got your insurance policy, but then perhaps in the future you might buy something and go, oh, actually, is that covered under my current policy? Mm. You really need to review by checking your details, make sure it's covered under your policy. If it's not covered, you might need to change your policy. And also once a year, you would normally change cover. It might be with the same insurer again, but you should always shop around and make sure that there isn't now a better offer up there each time you renew your insurance. And avoid inertia. Obviously, a lot of companies rely on you just doing nothing and perhaps having a big hike in your insurance premiums the next year. What I sometimes do is set a reminder in my phone for when things are running to their end and think, right, I need to double check that and make sure... I can get a better deal. You can often get caught out because they like to automatically renew your policy. But even so, you'll still probably get a letter saying, we're going to automatically renew your policy. And that's the warning to uh, Throw the letter in the bin. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Also avoid double insurance, which is insuring the same thing through travel and home policies, for example. So you might uh, be covered under your home contents for items that you take away from your home. And then you might get a travel insurance policy that does a lot of the same thing. So you're paying twice for the same thing. So like your laptop or a tablet or something. Now, do I always have to get insurance for every risk in my life? By no means. Phew. Because you can use your savings to assume risk sometimes, especially if you've got a decent amount of savings and it's just a small risk. Like, say, losing your luggage on holiday. Sometimes... I will take out travel insurance when I go on holiday. But Mm. sometimes I won't because sometimes I look at the contents of my case and I think, (laughs) these clothes were all bought at... uh... In 1902. Yeah. What's the point in getting out insurance on the luggage that I'm taking with me if the worst came to the worst and my luggage got stolen? I could replace it for a Probably be a blessing in your case by the sounds of things. Exactly. I could get a whole new wardrobe. Spring collection. (laughs) That's what I need. Sometimes it's just not worth taking out the insurance. So just use a bit of common, bit of common sense. Also, you can use the excess on your policy to assume some risk yourself. You know how they ask you, would you like to pay for the first £200 of your claim or £500 of your claim? Sometimes, sometimes even more than that. And obviously, the more excess you allow, the lower your premium will go. So... 
if you think it's so unlikely that you're ever going to have to make a claim on whatever policy this is, then you might want to take on a big excess and say, OK, so if the worst comes to the worst and something bad happens to me, I have to pay the first £1,000. Well, I can afford that out of my savings. Again, it's all about using your common sense, using your noodle. Yeah, if you've got a noodle. Mm. It's hard to get by living from day to day. Prices rise and we've got bills to pay. Who can help us chase our blues away? It's managing my money. Managing my money. Now, home insurance is obviously one of the main types of insurance that people take out, that one along with car insurance. Anyway, contents and buildings. Mm. Now, you only take out buildings insurance if you've got a mortgage or you own the property. And if you're renting, you might just get contents. In case you're burglarised. Exactly. Try to insure the right amount if you can. So what are the kind of things that determine how much I'll end up paying? Well, for home contents insurance, you want to live in a low burglary area. Right. A low-risk area. Also, you don't want to have too many high-risk, expensive one-off items like jewellery, for example, because these things will make your premium very expensive, so-called high-risk items on your policy. What are you meant to do with them, then? You bury them in the back garden in a big hole. Got it. And put a little stick where it is so that you remember where it is, but right on the stick. Dead dog. That'll do it. (laughs) (laughs) Here lies Ruby. There's a clue, you see? Oh, yes. If you're a smoker, Mm. you'll pay more sometimes. Do you know why? Um, No, tell me why. Because actuaries have estimated that you're more likely to burn your house down. I can see the logic there, Glenn. Also, if you want to keep the cost down, avoid add-ons that are optional, like legal expenses cover or accidental damage cover. So is there anything else I can do to keep the cost down, then, of this insurance? Well, it's funny you ask that. Because Martin Upton from the Open University has been ruminating on precisely that topic. Love a bit of Martin. Common strategies for reducing premiums. Fitting higher standard locks. Fitting burglar alarms. Those connected to the police save more, but they are expensive. Neighbourhood watch membership. Taking on a higher policy excess. Building up a no-claims discount. This is a reduction in the premium that applies when no claims have been made. Martin Upton there from the Open University. Now, we've touched on the subject of car insurance, but Mm. now I think we need to grasp it firmly. Right. We've said you have to have it by law in case you injure anyone else. So you have to have at least what's called third-party insurance. The next level up from that is third-party fire and theft. And then the big one, the expensive one, is comprehensive insurance, where you're not just covered for damage that you might cause to another person or their car. You're also covered for anything that could happen to yourself or your car. It's the whole shebang, isn't it? Exactly. Mm. But as I say, it does tend to be more expensive. And the price of premiums for car insurance varies so much depending on factors such as your age. For example, now when I was young, let me take you back in history for a little bit, Annie. Right. To when I was just a mere whippersnapper. Mm-hmm. I used to take out third-party insurance instead of comprehensive because it was so expensive, ruinously expensive for me to take out comprehensive insurance. And my car was actually pretty cheap, so I wasn't that bothered if it got ruined. I see. I was happy to write it off. It was only worth a couple of grand. 
So why was it so expensive for you then? Well, like I said, age had a big impact. I lived in a dodgy area, high risk of crime. Now, even though my car was cheap, it was quite high powered. So that's a big risk factor for accidents. It was it was a Nissan Bluebird. Now, that doesn't sound that high power, but it had a two-litre engine, which was... Are you kidding? What? Nissan Bluebird. I'm sure there's a kid's make of toys, which is Bluebird. It just sounds like a fake car. Nissan Bluebird used to be the car of choice for minicab drivers in provincial towns. Bluebird. High-powered Bluebird. (laughs) Go on. Plus, what made my premiums more expensive was I'd had, I'd had a few minor scrapes, shall we say. Pranks. Yeah, when I first passed my test. So I didn't have a no claims bonus. Cocky. I bet you're well cocky. Oh, I was a cocky little mucker. Yeah. Do you know what we need to inject some sanity into this discussion? What? We need another dose of Martin Upton. Come on, Upton. How to lower your car premiums by Martin Upton. You better listen to this. There are some common strategies for reducing premiums. The ability to park your car off-road or in a garage. Locking your car with an immobilising device. Taking on a higher policy excess. Building up a no-claims discount. Next time you change your car, consider choosing one in a lower insurance group. Investigating a family motor insurance policy that allows any household member to drive any car. Taking and passing an advanced driving qualification. Now, one thing that we should quickly mention is gender law. It only Mm. changed a few years ago, but it used to be the case that because women were generally safer drivers than men, they used to be able to get cheaper premiums. But the European Union had a thing or two to say about that. They said that was sexist. And I'm inclined to agree with them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you would. Now, can you guess who might have been having a few insurance issues? Getting into some insurance scrapes that aren't strictly legal. Could it be the robbers? That's right. There they are. What a wonderful idea to combine burying our loot with a beach holiday. Scamming the building's insurance guys has earned us a pretty penny. Yeah, but it was my home you burnt down. Yes. Right, now it's getting dark. Let's find a good place to bury the treasure. Hand it over. I thought you'd taken it. No, fool, it's under your sunbed. Uh, Not anymore, is it? What? The bag's gone, Bill. What? That bag contained everything. My life's robbings, my passport, my travel documents, and a photograph of the love of my life, Isabella Farancella, the gymnast from Fuerteventura. And you're telling me it's gone? Yeah, looks like it. Damn. Not only am I poor, I have no way of getting home. It's okay, your travel insurance will cover it. I don't have travel insurance, fool. That's for mugs. I've got it. Exactly. Well, they say they're going to fly me back, reimburse my share of the loot, and give me a massage on my return. What will you do, Bill? Oh, I'll, I'll think of something. I'll live off berries and charm until I can find a way to make some more money. Humphrey! Humphrey! Aha. Please don't drop my pearl necklace and diamond earrings. Oh. Come and join me. 
me next to these nice-looking gents. Please, madam, make yourself at home. Uh, ben, fetch this charming couple some pina coladas. I'm about to get on the plane home, Bill. Oh, Ben, planes be damned. Travel insurance be damned. You can't leave me to rob alone for the rest of eternity. We're a team, a double act, up there with the best of them. Butch and Sundance, Starsky and Hutch. No, Rod and Emu? Yes, even Rod and Emu. So, are you with me or without me, eh? What's it to be, Ben? Well, I don't know about you, Glenn, but it sounds to me like Ben has seen the light, finally. You think Ben's seen the light? Mm, I do. I think he'll get back on that plane. Well, I think that's the last we're going to see of those robbers. Me too. Travel insurance, like I said, a lot of people don't take it out. And part of the reason is that a lot of people go on holiday in the UK. So they kind of think, well, if I'm not going abroad, who needs it? Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, a lot of people go on holiday in Europe. And we have what's known as the European Health Insurance Card. Yes. If you haven't got one, I hope you're going to get one. Have you got one? The E-HIC. That's right. E-HIC. Yes, I do have one. It's in a drawer somewhere. So that covers you for a lot of potential scrapes within the European zone. Mm -hmm. Let's take a scenic stroll down the avenue of other general insurances. You've sold that to me so well, I can't wait. While we're skipping down the road, take a look to your right. (laughs) Yes. And you will see extended warranties waving at you. Hello. Now, extended warranties always want to be your friend. But that doesn't necessarily mean you should befriend them. Sometimes they're just trying to inveigle you. When do you get extended warranties on what kind of things? So on white goods like washing machines Mm -hmm. and also things like TVs, big items like that. You're always going to be offered an extended warranty to cover, say, the first few years, sometimes five years. But the trouble is that these items don't tend to break down in the first few years. And that's generally the period which is covered by the expensive extended warranty. Ah, I see. And they're new, so really, why would you need that? Exactly. So, exercise great caution. Skipping on a little further down the road, we come across payment protection insurance. Oh, hello. Yeah, well, payment protection insurance has fallen into disrepute. As you know, there have been so many claims on this. PPI policies. PPI. Not H-A-P-P-Y, but P-P-I. In theory, it was aimed at protecting your credit card or loan repayments. However, because PPI was offered largely at the point of sale when taking out such cards or loans, it was subject to claims of serious mis-selling. So consumers basically took out policies in the absence of any competition. They wouldn't compare different policies, often buying something they didn't need or that was too expensive. So PPI, in many cases, was totally unsuitable, had exclusions that meant that consumers weren't even being covered for the things that they thought they were being covered for. So in 2009, the Competition Commission decided to ban PPI policies from being sold alongside the cards, loans and mortgages that they were for. It's actually been estimated that as many as 4 million people might be in line for compensation for missold PPI policies. That is a lot of money. Just imagine how much money they need to pay back. Exactly. Financial firms have had to set aside more than £20 billion billion for compensation payments. So as you can see, there are insurance policies for practically everything these days. There are. There you know about famous people and uh, their silly, crazy policies? Have you heard of some of these? Or people insuring their body parts, that yeah. kind of thing. There's a tea expert who's insured his taste buds for a million pounds. Really? How would your taste buds disappear? <laughs> Maybe if you drank a very hot cup of tea, it could burn your tongue and... 
Now, another very popular type of insurance is life insurance. Yeah. If you've got dependents, people mm-hmm. who depend upon you, and if your income were to go because you croaked, then they would be in trouble. Then you might want to take out a life insurance policy. Keep them covered. Many life insurance policies take the form of term insurance, which insures against the financial consequences of death within a specified term, perhaps 5, 10 or 20 years. And you can choose a term that mirrors the length of a large debt, such as a mortgage, so that when you've paid off your mortgage, then the life insurance expires as well. I see. So do people generally get out life insurance when they have more responsibility, like a family or a house, so they've got a mortgage to pay? Yeah, or instead of term insurance, you can have it open-ended, usually called whole-of-life cover, so that it just goes on and on. Mm -hmm. But that's obviously usually more expensive. Now, endowment policies that were very popular in the 1980s for mortgages, but uh, a lot of them turned out not to be as good as people were hoping, so they went out of fashion... They're still used a lot of the time in life insurance. So basically, you pay your premiums and it builds up an investment value, which pays out at the end of the term if the policyholder has not died. So it's cash if you die, cash if you don't. It's like a compensation prize. Yeah. Yeah. So well done for staying alive. Exactly. That's cute. Now, here's one that you mentioned all the way back in episode one. You said that uh, one of your long-term goals might be to get private health insurance. Yeah, it was for when I was older. Good old NHS, not good enough for you, is it? Think you're too good for it? It'd be nice though, Queen wouldn't it? Queen of Want to jump the queue, get some health insurance, get seen quickly. And it takes the worry factor out of it. And I think my parents certainly worry about things like that. So I would rather not worry about it once I get to their age. Thank you very much. There's so many insurances, aren't there? Yeah, there I are. I mean, I could just go on and on. I won't because I'm boring myself now. But just to mention quickly, there are things like critical illness cover, accident, sickness and unemployment cover, income protection insurance. It just... The list goes on. This is what I was saying earlier. It just feels like... Well, actually, I don't know if it's necessary. Well, you remember we talked about people either being risk lovers or risk averse. If you're a very risk averse person, then you want to insure yourself up to the hilt and you might be willing to pay a large chunk of your earnings each year in order just to have that peace of mind that if, if the worst happened... You'd be covered. You'd always be okay. That's very true. I totally get that. I mean, we've got a welfare state, which is supposed to be that kind of comfy, cosy blanket it to fall back on if everything goes wrong but if you want that extra security go and see your insurance broker and that's about it you know what yeah i know i know you were expecting another 50 types of insurance to discuss i was bracing myself for more insurance cover i see you've done insurance and do you know what that means (sighs) what does that mean it's not just the end of insurance is it it's the end of the course effectively (laughs) shut the front door next episode we're gonna recap we're going to recap on everything we've done. Yeah. Wow. We're going to need another 16 episodes to recap on the 16 episodes. Yeah. Let's not do that. Okay. The final test is at the end of episode 16, and you can't go online and do that until you have heard the recap. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in episode 16. That's the biggie. Don't miss it. <laughs> Please. Bye. Bye. With supply chains becoming more complex you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. 
Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. Show.